What do you want a daughter? What do you want a daughter? I have not a daughter with a daughter. We could switch to Progressa da. Oh yeah. We could switch to Progressa and Sa. Mkaw. We could Sa enough to buy some Za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to Progressa da and get some Za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da da da. Quote da da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. The 2016 Austrian Grand Prix. What a race, Mithila. Just what a race. I think I'm still recovering at some point. Kunal, I thought I was going to have a heart attack on the final lap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I must tell you that this race was possibly the best advertisement for Formula 1 since a long, long time. We saw a mix of tyre strategy. We saw wheel-to-wheel action. And something like the last 11 laps, I think the potential podium finishers were actually in a shootout for victory. And we had controversy. Formula 1 needs more such races. And we do not need those sausage curbs. I mean, I've never tasted sausages. My friends have told me they're really tasty. But those sausage curbs, they were absolutely out of whack. They, They seemed more dangerous to me. We hope the FIA is listening to us and taking notes. But Austria, a a beautiful race in the hills. In fact, one of our listeners, Vedant Patel, was at the race and boy, are we jealous. (laughs) So the Austrian Grand Prix also saw Formula One's biggest fan initiative yet, or at least in my knowledge. So there was a fan who was chosen via a contest who got to wave the checkered flag at the end. I mean, I think at the Red Bull ring. Formula 1 just picked up very good marketing tips from Red Bull themselves and maybe even MotoGP. And of course, football. Apparently, there were also 22 kids who were selected who walked with the drivers to the driver's parade bus. I'm just surprised that Bernie let these 8-year-old kids do the deed rather than, you know, his 80-year-old Rolex-wearing fans. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they can walk. They're probably too old. (laughs) Ouch. The biggest tragedy of the weekend, Nico Rosberg. What was he doing? He drove like a champion through 70 laps of the race and that was brilliant. But the last lap was absolutely disastrous. I have no words. I mean, I agree he drove like an absolute champion. Charging from P7 all the way up to P1, holding Hamilton. And on the last lap, his biggest threat from Hamilton would have come on the main straight under DRS conditions. Okay. He actually saw Hamilton off through that very challenge. And I don't know what happened to him after that. I mean, he screwed up the exit of turn one. Apparently, Mercedes claims that there was an issue. And game over. And even worse, Nico Rosberg had to fight and win this battle. For himself, obviously, and for the championship. But he lost. But with such lack of mental strength. And I think it was that. I think he was an absolute bundle of nerves when he saw Hamilton charging at him. I wonder if Nico Rosberg even deserves to be a world champion. And Mercedes is saying he had a break-by-wire problem. And I think that was absolute bullshit. You know, they're protecting the driver publicly. And they've done this to Lewis before as well. The team, of course, couldn't radio him because strangely and stupidly, the FIA's rules do not permit them to do so. 
But, you know, I was just discussing with our Formula One engineer friend who, like, always we keep him as the stick, you know, he's, <laughs> he's not known. He said that, and of course, this is knowledge, that if a driver has a brake by wire problem, he should have braked earlier and not at his braking spot or later. I think Nico did not brake earlier. The second point is if there is a brake by wire issue, it does not impact steering mechanism. We've seen the pictures and, you know, in a corner which is turning right, Rosberg's steering is dead straight. And to be honest, all Nico Rosberg should have done is he should have taken the corner like he'd normally do so and left Lewis no room at the exit. That way he would have controlled Lewis's exit speed from that corner and hence the entry speed into the next. Did you notice that Nikki Lauda has been unusually quiet about this incident? <laughs> Your thoughts, Kunal? <laughs> no, actually, I love I, I love Nikki Lauda. So he said that Nico was at fault. Ooh. Let's remember, in the Mercedes garage, he is the driver who says the truth. And Toto Wolf is, of course, trying to put the team's position first. The FIA penalty, though, was so strange. It was a meaningless penalty because it didn't actually impact the outcome of the race in any way. But we shouldn't be surprised. This is Formula 1. Well, that means that the FIA actually acted consistently, you know. And if you see the previous incidents through the year, it somewhere fairly falls within the same bracket. It's just that this incident blows up so much more because it's Lewis and Rosberg and it's the title that they're battling for. You know, if you had two random drivers like Ericsson and Harianto and something similar would have happened. The TV director would have probably not even shown it. <laughs> so we wouldn't have known what would have happened. <laughs> Good result though for Lewis, finally. It was his third victory in 2016. His first ever victory in Austria. Can you believe that? Wow. And his 46th victory overall. Good job, I guess. Let's yes. clap. <laughs> but the crowd was not happy. The booing was so loud on the podium. I almost thought it was Sebastian Vettel on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> but I somewhere think that Mercedes wanted Lewis to lose. I mean, I say this in a fun way, of course. But what was the tyre strategy that he was on? I am still clueless. And I still can't believe that they chose a second pit stop to cover for Ferrari. Who would have... Probably finished fourth. Hamilton was probably not destined to win the race till Nico Rosberg handed destiny over back to him. <laughs> like we said, the world is conspiring to make Lewis Hamilton win this year. <laughs> but Lewis, he did have a difficult race. His first stint cost him track position to Rosberg and his pit stops were much, much slower. I think his first stint was ridiculous. They were all happy that how Lewis is, you know, able to stretch his tyres as opposed to general opinion that Lewis is very hard on his tyres. But it just cost him track position for victory that too. Anyway, since we were talking of statistics, here are some silly stats as well. So, Lewis Hamilton's win was the 250th Grand Prix win for a British driver. I have no idea what that means. I wonder who keeps track of that. (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton also crossed... 2,000 career points in Formula 1. I think he's the only driver to have done so. Again, a very silly stat because we've all known how uh, point scoring has evolved over the season. Don't care. And you know what's sillier? Nico Rosberg was probably dreaming about a 31-point lead at the end of the last lap. 
and instead he's landed up with just 11 ouch <laughs> talk about math going all over the place <laughs> and mercedes they've lost another potential one too i've actually lost count the number of times these two have had incidents this season i just hope that the team doesn't impose team orders i mean let's really pray that they don't I mean let's make a plea y'all are not a bunch of idiots total <laughs> <laughs> Instead Mercedes should teach both drivers to you know leverage each other's strengths So as our listener Ajay Shroff suggested Rosberg should teach Hamilton how to get off the line cleanly and he sure needs that <laughs> And Hamilton should teach Rosberg how to overtake <laughs> overtaking 101 <laughs> On a very serious note Mercedes would be really stupid to implement team orders. I mean, they gain they gain nothing. They're currently leading both the championships and they're going to win both the championships thanks to all these off-track and on-track collisions that their drivers keep ha- having. They're getting, you know, millions of dollars of global brand exposure, okay? And imagine if they were to put team orders out there. They're going to, you know, they're going to just lose all of this. and eventually it's not good for the sport so just please do not have team orders thank you very much i'm just wondering how this clash changes rosberg's equation with the team because we know he's undergoing his critical contract talks well the sport's most talented drivers have just locked in their contracts with red bull racing last week you know i'm talking of ricciardo verstappen and even carlos sainz and that probably means that mercedes has fewer options even if they want to replace a nico rosberg i think a certain fernando alonso is just hanging by his phone waiting for that call <laughs> desperately <laughs> <laughs> and of course rosberg's relationship with lewis hamilton our favorite topic more like hamilton's relationship with rosberg you know <laughs> who's in the driving seat there <laughs> I think Hamilton's in a relationship with a new model every weekend if you were to believe the tabloids. I was just going to say that Hamilton's in a relationship with himself. <laughs> it's what I think at least. <laughs> But to be honest, after this swimming pool patch up last week in Monaco, I don't really think that the two of them are going to be friends come again. Okay. I think Lewis may try to push Nico out of the pool the next time they meet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's if Nico doesn't attempt to drown him first. <laughs> But will Mercedes review their driver lineup? Their drivers just can't seem to stay off each other. Each other's body work, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And we shouldn't forget that their junior driver Pascal Verline had a fabulous race. It's a pity for Verline that this isn't Red Bull racing or else Nico Rosberg would have definitely been demoted for that incident with Hamilton and Verline would have gotten himself a promotion. <laughs> Good job to Verline. He started the race in reverse, well sort of. <laughs> It was so strange to see him reversing down the start finish straight. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> that was seconds before the start yeah. of a race. And you know had FIA declared this as an abandoned race start because of Pascal's reversing. Mm-hmm. The Austrian Grand Prix would have been only 70 laps long and maybe Rosberg would have actually won. <laughs> but but we wouldn't have got that last lap drama. <laughs> <laughs> actually after the safety car period Pascal Verline was dead last and he was 12 seconds behind second last. So that's where he's clawed back from. To me what's really interesting is Manor Formula 1 team. They've 
they've scored a point, which means that they are ahead of Sauber in the Constructors' Championship. Which means that if Sauber doesn't score and get that place back, they will earn even less money in the coming season. And we all know that Sauber's got financial problems, I think, since the last 10 years now. Verlein's points, though, brought back memories to me of Jules Bianchi. Oh, yes. Coincidentally, Kunal, when Bianchi got his career-best ninth place in Monaco 2014, you remember that, it was yes, brilliant. Yes, of course. Bianchi actually had a penalty for starting in the wrong slot. That is deja vu. But it wouldn't have been deja vu for the next driver we're going to talk about, which is Jensen Button. P6 for him is like victory for McLaren Honda. <laughs> Let's give them a clap. Woo! <laughs> Good job, guys! <laughs> in fact, him qualifying in P4 is probably like pole position. <laughs> Woo! What a weekend for them! <laughs> I mean, Jensen Button actually has more options to to choose from now for his future. So there's McLaren, of course. There's Williams. There's a lot of chatter about Williams. And maybe even Top Gear now. I mean, Chris Evans has just quit. (laughs) Meanwhile, Honda. They say that Formula E is now on their radar, which is just so worrying. You know, maybe instead of focusing their attention on Formula E, they should stick to Formula 1 and get this damn thing right. (laughs) (laughs) So we can actually clap for them when they win a goddamn race. Maybe Formula E is just to take the attention away from their Formula 1 miseries. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what everyone does, right? Sebastian Buemi had a miserable career in Formula 1, went to Formula E. Lucas Degrassi, again, miserable career in Formula 1, went to Formula E. The list goes on. There's also Nelson P.K. Jr. (laughs) I'm just wondering when we'll see Pastor Maldonado race in Formula E. (laughs) My favourite, Max Verstappen, had such a good race to P2 and I am delighted. I think that was the best news that Red Bull Racing could have hoped for at their home Grand Prix. Verstappen has also claimed his third Driver of the Day award. And he's been on the podium only twice. So that's just some strange maths. (laughs) This award seems to be more of a popularity contest, right? I mean, uh, Formula 1 is trying to get social. So let's encourage the effort. (laughs) Sebastian Vettel had such an unlucky race. He had his tyre blow up while he was looking strong for a podium finish. And right on his birthday, I feel so bad for him. Well, Pirelli gifted him a tyre blowout at 300 kilometres per hour on his birthday. (laughs) Maybe, and just maybe, that's what Formula 1 drivers like on their birthday. I think he'd rather have blown the candles than the tyre, but okay. (laughs) And finally, my favourite team, Force India. They scored a double DNF. This is after what? I think Hulkenberg started second uh, in the race. And I believe the lower temperatures on race day caught the team out unawares. They couldn't turn their tyres on, apparently. And worst was they couldn't even inform Sergio Perez that his brakes were going to give away because of a stupid radio ban. I found that really unfair. And the radio ban still exists. Kimi Raikkonen finished third. That was a surprise podium for him. I hear he wrote a thank you note to Rico Rosberg saying, thank you so much for the free champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Though Eddie Jordan made a Kimi Raikkonen kind of statement. Eddie Jordan said that it irritates him when drivers waste expensive champagne by spraying it on each other. (laughs) 
and I agree, yeah, it feels really bad. <laughs> so Maurizio Arriva Ben said that as per Ferrari's data, Kimi should have been able to get past Max Verstappen two laps before the race ended. I mean, I don't think they accounted for the fact that Kimi seldom overtakes on track anymore. Unless, of course, he has blue fans. <laughs> the lousy podium interview. Why, 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 Formula One? Why? It was awful. The interviewer actually walked away while Max Verstappen was still speaking. Nobody does that to Max. In Austria? What was she thinking? And meanwhile, we have lots of other fun news in the world of Formula One. Kimi Raikkonen is having a summer wedding. He is getting married again and I am a little heartbroken only. (laughs) And you know, Gunal, it's really funny that his second wedding comes before his second world championship. (laughs) Having said that, I don't know if he's going to get an extension for 2017. Because the Perez to Ferrari chatter is only getting louder. Of course, it's not going to be loud after Austria. That, That chatter essentially is coming from the Perez camp. And uh, the fact that the other drivers have extended with Red Bull Racing might just indicate that Ferrari are possibly leaning towards an extension for Raikkonen. And I'll say what I always say, that Ferrari are known to retain their drivers well beyond their sell-by date. I'm not even going to laugh. It's not funny (laughs) anymore. Jensen Button said that the younger drivers are too desperate in the way they race and how they want to get past each other. Formula desperate, that's what he called it. And I love it. (laughs) And finally, what I really love is that Bernie Ecclestone admitted that he never bet on Mercedes winning a world championship, let alone two. So when Mercedes asked for, you know, a historical payment or a bonus payment like the other teams, he told Mercedes, go and do what Red Bull Racing did. Go win a world championship or maybe even two. And then let's talk of a bonus. And then he went and told his board that, you know what, they're not even going to win one, let alone two. But And look at it now, Mercedes have not only screwed Bernie Ecclestone, but they are even screwing Formula One all over. I mean, they're winning everything. <laughs> That's when they don't crash into each other. <laughs> <laughs> Max Verstappen said that Lewis Hamilton does not openly talk about driver safety issues because Lewis Hamilton wants to look cool. Max Verstappen is spot on. (laughs) I think he's the only driver who could also openly talk down to Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) The British Grand Prix is coming up and it's going to be Lewis Hamilton's home Grand Prix. It's going to be hammer time to say the least. Does anyone have the guts to bet against Lewis Hamilton winning at home? I don't. (laughs) So what are your predictions? I bet that Nico Rosberg will be booed on the podium. That's if he makes it to the podium in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in yet again, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you after Silverstone. Boy, oh boy, don't we love these back-to-back Grand Prix weekends? Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, 
Is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.